The Leia Marathon Show. BitMEX, the OG crypto derivatives platform and the best place to buy your Bitcoin. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Leia Hyopan Show. Today, we are talking about the war on masculinity, and I'm speaking to one of the very first people to ever be cancelled. Now, before I bring my guest on, I do want to let you know that, as usual, this is sponsored by BitMEX. So BitMEX is the OG crypto derivatives exchange and now has a spot exchange for you to buy and sell your crypto. Especially in a bull market, you need a name that you can trust. BitMEX sets the standard in reliability, performance, and transparency, and has actually proven itself through multiple market cycles and has stood the test of time. Right now, BitMEX is actually celebrating the start of BitMEX Spot with $1 million in prizes to give away. So to enter, all you need to do is trade the equivalent of $250. So you could grab some Bitcoin during the crash. You can enter up to 25 times and one lucky winner will even receive $500,000 in Bitcoin. So just sign up. Um, I've left all the information for you in the description below. And also a massive shout out to BitMEX because without them, we wouldn't actually be able to have such important conversations. We're seeing a lot of censorship and deplatforming. Um, so without BitMEX, we wouldn't be able to make this happen. Now, before I bring on my guest, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button and the like button so I can continue to bring you such important content. Now, joining me on the show today is the co-founder of Vice, the founder of Proud Boys, and one of the very first people to be cancelled and deplatformed. He's also the founder of Censored TV. It is Gavin McInnes. Let's bring Gavin on the show. Gavin, welcome. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Um, I'm very excited to speak with you. I feel like, um, as with many things right now, um, things are sort of going around full circle. A lot of things which were um, being spoken about in 2017 and even earlier, um, and those people got cancelled, are sort of coming back again. Um, so it, it's great to have you on. I'm happy to be here. So, like I said, you are one of the very first people to be deplatformed. I just want to go back um, and sort of understand what happened. What did you do that was just so controversial? Well, I've been sort of micro canceled a million times for saying things like there's no such thing as trans. They're just mentally ill gays. Women would be much happier at home, that kind of stuff. That wasn't really an issue, though. I was still relatively mainstream and could get normal guests on my show until the Proud Boys. And once the Proud Boys started fighting Antifa and being proud of their masculinity, I became persona non grata because men's clubs are verboten. They were ubiquitous from the Industrial Revolution up until Gloria Steinem in the 80s. And then it just was decided, no, men can't congregate and have clubs. That's evil. So they make up lies. They say it's a white supremacist club. They say it's a domestic terrorist club. It's really just <clears throat> it's really just Animal House meets the Knights of Columbus. And that is not allowed in this day and age, especially when they start fighting Antifa, because that's the paramilitary wing of the DNC and they need their street soldiers. So we pose this ominous threat and I had to go. Proud Boys had to go. Anyone who's remotely associated with the group had to go. And now, you know, there's like five of them in prison for various offenses from Jan 6 to fighting Antifa. So Proud Boys, like you said, has now ha now has these racist connotations. How how did that happen? Um, and what was the what was the goal then of Proud Boys in the first place? You say a men's club, but like, what does that mean? Men's club is just you know you, you remember the, the Flintstones? They were they were in the water buffaloes and they had their big horns there and their ritual. Men love 
a place after work where they can go and have $3 beers in a clubhouse and have these ceremonies where they only, only they know the secret handshake and there's no women to pull out a chair. As Ann Coulter said, she goes, they, uh, they can make fart jokes and stuff and not worry about if their armpits smell or if they, they burp. And they said, no, you can't do that. So then men started going to strip clubs. The feminists drove men to strip clubs. And as Ann put it, she goes, there's no women there. I mean, sorry, there's no ladies there. There's women, but there's no ladies. And it's ironic that the, the feminists drove men to strip clubs just so they could be alone together. You know, they're always encroaching on our spaces, barbershops, dive bars, <laughs> the garage. Like, just leave us alone. We don't come to your hair salon. But anyway, um, my I, I'm in the Knights of Columbus, and it's a charitable organization, but it's all geriatrics, and I, I love those guys. But I thought, I want to do a young version of this. So we did. We had we made up the rituals. We made up the rules. We made up the ceremony, the church that we have. And we just started drinking beer and telling dirty jokes, and we – we, we were sort of all over the map politically, but after Trump, we started focusing more on Trump and liberals got uncomfortable with the edgy jokes. And uh, and then I was doing a talk at NYU and I got jumped by Antifa. They pepper sprayed me, but I happened to be with the guys and they beat the crap out of them. Eight, eight or nine Antifa went to jail, two Proud Boys did. Uh, it was just a snapsuit slaughter. And then we started saying, okay, let's start bodyguarding Various conservative speakers, especially females, Lauren Southern, Ann Coulter, Michelle Malkin, Heather McDonald, anyone who's doing a talk will make sure that they're safe from Antifa. And then that ended up extending to rallies because two of the guys got arrested, Max Hare and John Kinsman. I'm going to visit them in prison tomorrow, actually. They got arrested for a 17-second fight with Antifa. And that's when the club sort of went, okay, now we got to start going to rallies and protesting mm -hmm. this which I don't really think that was a good move, especially when you're going to every single rally, including January 6th, which I said was a bad idea. And now they're facing 22 years to life for meandering through the Capitol. So you, you don't see this with Antifa. They just had two Antifa lawyers who Molotov cocktailed a police van, burst into flames. They were handing out Molotov cocktails. They refused a plea deal for a year because... The courts are infiltrated by radical leftists, Soros-appointed DAs, and they can literally get away with murder. So it's a really strange time. And sorry to answer you, your first part of the question about the racist thing, that's just what the left does. Our side calls everyone a pedophile. Their side calls everyone a Nazi. I don't think either are true in most cases, but it's just the go-to word. I mean, Trump, how many times have you heard Trump compared to Hitler? It's just mm -hmm. lazy analogy that everyone boring does so who do you think is behind this deplatforming well that's a good question I, I think um it's it's the global elites it's soros it's the dnc but if they didn't have lackeys at these companies then it wouldn't be effective so there's these fat ugly losers that work in big tech companies that play video games so much as a woman, they think they're trans. They're not. They're just boring. They're not even gay. And when they see Proud Boys, you know, uh, promote masculinity and pride in Western culture, they're reminded of the guys who wedged them in junior high. So they happily push delete because right now we're living in this epoch of revenge of the nerds. It's it's revenge of the the oppressed uh, geeks. And they're happy to carry out the DNC's bidding because it means punishing the bullies who made them uncomfortable when they were 13.
So let's talk about this um, this war on masculinity. Um, you, that that was basically the reason why you started Proud Boys. Um, what do you think is the problem with masculinity? Like, why why don't the elites want masculinity? Why are these, as you put it, these these fat women sitting at their desks at these tech organizations? You know, what's the problem with masculinity? Why can't you have a men's club? Because masculinity tends to involve meritocracy. Men have had power for thousands of years, and we're good at it now. Mm -hmm. uh, we're fair, we're just. That's why America is the best place to be if you're gay or a visible minority or a weirdo. You're safest here in the West because men have mastered power. Unfortunately, the nerds took over somewhere around the late 80s and 90s, and now Patton Oswalt is considered a cool influencer with power. You know, the geeks are in control. And they don't want to give up that power. They love it. They're, it's like Gollum in the ring. They, they want to keep their precious. And it sucks when they're in power because they're bad at it. Women tend to be really bad at power. They, they get vindictive. They, they want to hurt people. They want to destroy their enemies. They want to literally kill their enemies. And right now, Trump and everyone normal is saying, okay, <clears throat> you had a good run, but uh, you suck at this. We're taking the reins back. And we're working out, we're not ashamed, we're not apologizing for creating the modern world. Uh, we're going to return to meritocracy because you guys are ruining the country, the culture. And I mean, the, the, I think the last draw, excuse me, <coughs> the last draw has been this war on kids where they're mm. giving prepubescent children puberty blockers. That's where we, I think every dad got up off the couch. And went, all right, all right, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. You're cutting off lesbians' tits? No, 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 no. We're not doing this anymore. Move, step aside, step aside. So after a quarter century of taking a break from masculinity, meritocracy, Western pride, uh, we're taking it back because it's just better. And you're totally right. There's a massive war on um, children right now. Um, I think I think it's so sad. Um, but it didn't start off that way. Um, you were actually one of the first people who started calling out this wokeness. So what was it specifically um, that you know opened your eyes to this? What were, what were you calling out initially? Well, personally, I had a real ninety degree turn in my political interests after nine eleven, where I was there. I watched the second plane hit. I watched the towers fall. And I started saying, what's going on now with Islam? What have you guys been doing? I, I gave you my tax dollars, but I wasn't really paying attention. And then I started paying attention and I saw that people would literally rather die than be seen as racist. Also, coming from, from Quebec, Montreal, where the war there is English versus French. And it gives you a real solid perspective when you come to America and everyone is, it's all about race. And you're like, race? You mean black people? Those Haitian, like if you're black in Montreal, you're a rich Haitian nerd who managed to had enough money to get out of Haiti. So you wear a tie. And if you go to a Haitians party in Montreal, it's like Coke and chips. They don't even drink. So I'm like, why are we talking about those black nerds all the time? And you realize how frivolous it is and how silly it is to be totally consumed with race every day. Talking about the KKK for crying out loud. There's probably 17 members in the entire 331 million population here in america like drop it god it's so boring but i started calling that out and it it was acceptable really you could be dangerous and you could you could mock the left until trump 
And when Trump gained power, they said, oh, wait a minute. These edgelords, these trolls, these Pepe the Frog guys uh, actually can win. And that's when they went into cancel overdrive. And, you know, they tried debating us at first. And that was the sort of history of America. America was always right versus left, even before America. The whole East Coast, the 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 Brits said, we want newspapers, but have a right one and a left one and always be mm -hmm. arguing with each other. That's very healthy. So it's, and then we, we argued so much, we got smarter and said, let's kick out the king and take over this country and make it ours. So that's, that's it's intrinsic in the American landscape is to have this back and forth. And we had Gore Vidal and William F. Buckley. And it was always common, but that all ended with Trump because the left, the Marxists destroyed education. So now they're retarded. They don't know anything. Ask them, ask a liberal in America how many illegals there are in this country. Ask him how many came through the border since Biden. Ask him how many is too many. They can't even answer that. Ask them what eight times seven is actually while you're at it. And so they stopped debating us because they always lose. I mean, mm -hmm. go online, you see Stephen Crowder going to various colleges, Charlie Kirk eviscerating college students, Ben Shapiro mm -hmm. eating kids alive. It's pathetic how bad they are. And so they said, okay, well, I can't debate them. Let's just cut them off. And the beauty of that is you can make up insane allegations and you can't defend yourself and you, you, you can dehumanize them, deperson them. And once they're depersoned, you, you can kill them. That's ultimately their goal. They want us dead. Can you be more specific about the agenda? Like, what do you mean they want us dead? Does that mean like depopulation? Does that mean, you know, like they only want you know, people on the right of center to be dead. Like, what does that mean? What is the actual agenda going on here? Effective, charming, pro-Trump people to die. They want Ann Coulter to die. They want Michelle Malkin to die. They want Steve Bannon to die. They want Why? Donald Trump Jr. to go to jail for life for no apparent crime. Why? Because he's a threat to their power. And the nerds, the losers have been in charge now since the 90s. It's mm -hmm. been cool to be a geek. It's been cool to be a radical lefty for a long ass time now. And these people, I remember them in the early 90s from when I was in college. And they were nuts. You know, you'd meet a lesbian separatist who's so feminist, she doesn't want men in the world. So you'd meet her, you'd go to shake her hand, she goes, I don't touch men. They're almost like oh, wow. Jews with their devotion to feminism and, and and lesbianity and you just go okay well you're a nut that's fine i don't care you're obviously a small minority now that woman is a judge she's a journalist at the new york times she's a prosecutor like we have the prosec prosecutors here in new york who say all cops are bastards they hate cops and they're open about it on twitter like the radical nuts that i went to college with in the 90s are now the establishment and they're drunk with power they suck at it and they know they can't debate us or, or deal with us merit, uh, on a, with a meritocracy. They can't even deal with us in court. So they just throw us in jail and throw away the key. And they also threaten our children. Like they've come after my wife and kids. So I never put my kids up on social media or anything like that or show my wife's face anywhere. And now I'm less of a person. Now I'm less of a family man. Now I'm easier mm. to be humanized because I can't show. Chris Hayes. He can take a picture with his kids on a bike ride. And everyone's like, oh, he's a family man. Gavin is this evil Hitler pariah with no family context because that's been erased. So it's an effective strategy. But but 
hurting kids, I think, was a really dumb move. This drag queen story hour, having eight-year-olds put money in a slutty homosexual's panties was a stupid move. They just, they lost, they lost half their base with that move. It was really Was bad. it stupid or was it calculated? Like, are they trying to purposely destabilize the next generation? Don't put, don't give too much credibility to these people. Don't, don't assume that there's a grand plan. There is with some of the globalists like Soros and everything, but mm -hmm. the average dumb teacher with a trans flag in her room, she's just a vindictive bitch. And the only reason she's doing it is because she thinks it makes rednecks mad. All of their, their entire political belief system is predicated on spite. Don't go deeper than that. It's just, I want to make Gavin grit his teeth. I want to make the average MAGA dad clench his fists. They don't go past that. The fact that they're torturing a child and having a, her breasts removed is, is ancillary. That's, that's irrelevant. That's collateral damage. As long as I'm hurting that racist redneck pig. And the, it's a, a strange revenge because they don't even have the, 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 the guy right. The guy that they hate isn't a racist. Mm. Racism is not a thing, despite it being the backbone of the left's crusade against us. We aren't racist, you stupid idiots. But you see, those, those types of people, like you said, you know, they're just they're coming from it. They're coming at it from either like a do-gooder angle or they're trying to, like you said, you know, upset the rednecks or whatever it is. But that kind of division and divisiveness definitely comes from a higher place. Right. Like you mentioned, George Soros, the elites. So I want to I want to get in, into that and understand, like, what your take is on those elites. How deep does it go? A lot of people point to, like, the World Economic Forum and all of that. You know, what's, what's your take? Yeah. So. The top brass, the elites, the globalists, the, the Klaus Schwab, the, the George Soros's of the world, they want to destroy society, flatten it, just like the floods, just like Moses, and then rebuild it back in their image where they're in control, where, where they mm. can have monopolies, where they decide Gillette makes all the razors and there's a czar of bathroom care. You know, that's fascism, by the way. That's dictionary definition of fascism. You have these various czars appointed to various global uh, industries. The, the, there's the, the head of energy for Earth, right? So that's their plan. And the best way to do that is division and to, to call everyone racist and, and convince the left that they're fighting this moral crusade. But it's incredibly effective because they've lobotomized the left. And they all, we're talking about millions of people who are, are uh, what's the word there? Ha uh, useful idiots. They're useful tools. idiots, yeah. yeah. They're tools to facilitate mm -hmm. this. I mean, they're, they're rejecting their family members at Thanksgiving because their, their family members don't believe in the vaccine. Uh, they're, they're canceling Christmas because mm -hmm. one of the, the cousins is a Trump supporter. I know a guy a black dude uh, who was on my show, I'm blanking on his name, but he, uh, what's that guy's name again? The guy who's the anti-feminist dude? No, black guy, moron. There's um, so many. Anyway, he, he's been on my show a few times. He was kicked out of Thanksgiving because he's a Trump guy, but the there's a cousin there who has a, a record of, of pedophilia who had molested a nine-year-old. Oh, wow. So, Sotomayor. Oh, Tommy Sotomayor, Tommy Sotomayor uh, mm -hmm. who molested a nine-year-old. That guy is at the dinner. That's wow. acceptable. 
I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer, they were doing a documentary on Jeffrey Dahmer and he found out about it. He contacted the documentarians. This is an old one, not the new Netflix. And he said, hey, I just want to make it clear. Uh, I ate black people because I lived in a black neighborhood. I'm not racist. So for this guy, being a cannibal is pretty bad, but it's not as bad as being a racist. That was his wow. big fear. So the, it's amazing how these elitists are able to manipulate almost 50% of the population with ridiculous lies. And it's it's satanic when you mm. look at victims being children. It's demonic, as Dan Coulter would say. Oh, it's absolutely demonic. Even the music nowadays is demonic. I can't listen to it. Um, but you know, I think I think like with with regards to like the war on masculinity, I think that is um ramping up a lot. It's actually one of the reasons why I left London because I, I found the men like ridiculously feminine. Um, and every time I try and explain to people, um, you know, there's a war on masculinity, I, I find it sometimes really hard to sort of like you know, give great examples. So I'd love to hear, you know, some examples that you could give of you know how there are how's there this war on masculinity like how, like how do how do we see it shoes. Look at their shoes shoes they're wearing they're wearing slides they're wearing shower shoes and they're not even they're not they don't even fit well they're sort of puffy like a sleepover girl would wear they're they're for slumber parties those big foamy yeezy slides uh flip-flops i mean flip-flops are basically hiking boots at this point these kids are walking around in in pajama bottoms Crocs, women with these retarded eyelashes, which I'll never get used to. I hate those things. Mm -hmm. and, and black girls now in the hood, we're in the South Bronx here. They just wear shower caps all day. The, everyone is, is, is blended into this, this world of leisure where like my son wanted to get uh, Birkenstocks. And I said, there's no stocks, Crocs or dreadlocks in this house. Mm. And he goes, why not? I go, what if someone slaps your girl? How are you going to fight? In Birkenstocks, you need to have shoes on. Be a man. And when you look at their body shapes, the, the amount of men. I keep saying these lesbians were cutting their tits off. Ladies, about half the guys I know have tits. Go to like a water park. The majority of men have breasts. I mean, the level of testosterone in the average male is half of what it was in the 50s. And here's something no one ever talks about, by the way. One of the problems with... Uh, this is birth control pills. You know, Alex Jones is mocked for saying they're making the frogs gay. But if you look at the water supply, there is excess estrogen and amphibians can choose their sex to it in a sense when they're, when they're uh, tadpole age and they tend to adhere to more female than male because there's more estrogen in the water. It's affecting the frogs. That's what he meant. Whenever Alex says something crazy, go look it up and you realize, Oh, it's actually true. He's just saying it in a kooky way. <clears throat> so, the way birth control works is it tells your body that you're in the, uh, I think, first trimester of pregnancy. So you're, you don't produce any more eggs. You don't have a, a little home for the baby because the baby's already there, but it's not there. It's a trick. So when women are in this state, they don't want to get ravaged. They don't want to be made love to. They don't want to be taken away by a macho man on a horse. They want a brotherly-like figure, someone who's going to protect them, but not sexually molest them. So they're attracted to kind, weak, beta male friends who are not sexual at all. And men, they're anyone's dog for a bone. If women were into clowns, I'd have a red nose on right now. That's just, we'll do whatever yeah. you want. So if the free market of, of dating is women looking for a brother, then men are like, okay, I'm a sexless friend who will protect you. 
So we have this, there could be a chemical impetus for these castrated men where they're just doing what the, the pussy market says and the pussy market saying, be a wimp. And they're mm -hmm. doing an excellent job of it. I actually think you're totally correct. Um, I saw somebody had tweeted something the other day saying that birth control was making women pick the wrong men. Um, and it, it's completely true. And I think as well that you're right. Women actually hold the key to everything. If um, if women liked clowns, yeah, you'd be dressed in a clown suit. Um, yeah. it, it, it's completely correct. Because these women marry their brother, right? Mm. They go off birth control and they're like, who is this wimp in a pink shirt in my living room? It's so sad. What happened? I want a real man now. And he's like, well, sorry, I'm your <laughs> friend. And then they get they break up and she wants a real man. Then she goes back on birth control because she's single and she attracts another brotherly figure. And then she gets married to him, goes off birth control, dumps him because he's a wimp and so on and so on. It's ruining women's lives. Women are not being able to settle down until they're 40. And then they go, okay, I want a kid now. And it's like, sorry, your ovaries dried up. So then they get on fertility medicine and then they end up having like quintuplets where seven of them die and they have one. That's octuplets, I guess. And mm -hmm. uh, that kid is has Asperger's or he's on the spectrum because you had him so late. He's damaged. What a mess. Yeah, I, th I think it's so sad. I'm, I'm with you. And you said something which was really interesting, actually. You said, you know, you don't want your sons to wear Birkenstock or Crocs because, you know, how are you going to protect your woman? And that's actually really fascinating because the um, idea around toxic masculinity is that these men are evil, they're dangerous, they must be banished from society. But every man that I speak to um, who, you know, I can have these kind of conversations with is always talking about protecting women. Um, that's sort of like the priority here, you know, protecting women. You told me that you're there protecting Lauren Southern and many other conservative women. So um, why don't we, you know, look to that? Why don't we appreciate that? Look, there are actually men here that want to protect you. Women didn't invent feminism. Men did. Okay. You go back to the 16th century and when a man would beat a woman, they used to throw him in jail. And then they went, wait a minute. If he's in jail, he can't make any money for this family. His family starved. So now we're punishing women and children for being beaten by a man. So then they said, I know, let's just put him in the stocks and we'll beat the shit out of him and throw rotten food at him for a day. And then we'll let him out and he can get back to work and support his family. That was pre-feminism. We've always been concerned with women and children and, and their, their safety. But that's why I said the patriarchy is the safest place for all these people. If these lunatic homosexuals, radical leftists, these Marxists, if they get in control, then the artists in the creative class will be the first to go. Believe me, you want, if you're a raging queer a musician, you want Archie Bunker in charge. You know, Archie, the, it's the homophobes like me who, when the government says all gays must die, we go, oh, for crying out loud. And we go downstairs and we get our guns and we say, gays, get in the basement. I got this. <laughs> and we go defend them because it's wrong. You can't just kill people. So yeah, you're safest with us, folks. We've been doing the power thing for thousands of years and we've, we've got it down. You're not good at it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, where do you think the indoctrination is coming? Because when I was like as a teenager, you know, I'd say I was pretty woke as a teenager. But the older I get, the more I've like done a completely uh, 360 or a 180. Um, you know, so, it, you know, is it coming from like the media, the schools, the music, the movies, Hollywood? Well, if you want to do a deep dive, I mean, it's the baby boomers. The baby boomers were spoiled and they hated themselves because they had no grit. They look at mm. their parents, the silent generation, and they go, 
My dad had no shoes when he was a kid. I've been pampered my whole life. So they were desperate for some sort of substance. Mm. And when Martin Luther King was killed in 69, they started this whole, you know, civil rights crusade. And they're like, yes, I finally got a thing. I'm a revolutionary, man. Power to the people. Off the pig. And you had the Weather Underground and, you know, AIM and the Chicano Liberation Movement and all these revolutionaries, the FLQ up in Quebec. Uh, and they were murdering people. They were shooting break security guards in the head. They were killing cops. They were getting money for their dumb, mostly black revolutions. They'd get money to give to the Black Panthers or these black revolutionaries. And around that time, you had Bill Ayers of the Weather Underground, <clears throat> who's a genius and a, a demon. And he realized the best way to foment a true solid revolution is to start with the children. So he gets his PhD in early childhood education. You'll notice a lot of them are really into early childhood education. And they eventually indoctrinate, indoctrinate kids. Like when my son, I live in a liberal enclave in Westchester. When my son was at pre-K, <clears throat> Trump was just running. And I'm walking him home and he goes, I hate Trump. He's four. And I go, why do you hate Trump? And he goes, because he doesn't listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I go, good, we don't want him to listen. We want an independent president. Yeah. So what the Bill Ayers Weather Underground that these freak hippies of the 70s have done is they started brainwashing our children uh, when they became teachers and professors and kindergarten teachers up to professors. They managed to destroy college education and turn that into an indoctrination camp. But what's very dangerous is K through 12. They've infiltrated K through 12. And if you talk to a six-year-old about Black Lives Matter, he'll sound like he works at Black Lives Matter. You know, mm-hmm. mainstream America realizes from Kanye to, to Pat Buchanan that BLM is a scam. It's, it's a pretty well-known fact now. Not with little kids. With little kids, power to the people. They sound like their ancestors, the, the weather underground from the early 70s, from that movement. They've, they've taken over. And, you know, you got to, <clears throat> if you're not homeschool, you got to spend some time after school with your kids every day unraveling the BS, like the the Tulsa massacre. They're told blacks built up a Wall Street. And then the government, no way, not on my watch. We don't want no Negroes making their own economy. So we bombed it. No, there was a race riot started by black people because some black kid groped a lady and she pressed charges. The black guys showed up at the police station to free him. White guys showed up too. Guns went off. A fight broke out. The riot blew up. They started burning down buildings because blacks were shooting from the buildings. It was 100% about race, that riot. And eventually, the, the, the planes, which was farmers trying to spot snipers, this went on for days, by the way. Eventually, the white side won. And that was in that. It was not some grand scheme to wipe out Black Wall Street. And it wasn't Black Wall Street. It was just the local... <clears throat> business board, like here in the South Bronx, if you own a bodega, you're all, you're part of the South Bronx Business Coalition, and they got these guys go to the they lobby the city for different you know to fix a pothole that kind of thing. That's what it was. They didn't have their own currency. It wasn't black crypto, but kids are taught that in schools, mm. and you have to unravel it when they come back. I was just telling my boy the other day. He he goes, yeah, we're learning about racism in class today and police violence, and I'm like, okay, son. Blacks, I mean, sorry, police have about 60 million interactions with citizens a year. If you look up all the unarmed blacks who were killed, you'll notice there's like people, there's guys chasing cops with cars and they just dropped a knife. You'll usually find like six cases where you go, ooh, 
That mm-hmm. seems pretty bad, actually. So that's six out of 60 million. That's one in 10 million. That's pretty good. Your odds of being hit by a car are much higher than one in 10 million. So I have to explain Breonna Taylor was a drug dealer who was in a shootout. I have to explain that that uh, uh, George Floyd was complaining he couldn't breathe from fentanyl way before Derek Chauvin ever showed up. I have to explain that Mike Brown didn't have his hands up. He was terrorizing the neighborhood, refused to comply, and then reached for an officer's gun. I have to explain him that Sandra Bland was suicidal, and she finally managed to pull it off in jail where she ended up because she was mouthing off to a police officer and refused to comply. Uh, what the other guy, Freddie, not Freddie Roach, the heroin dealer guy who died in police custody, he was banging his own head against the police fan so he could sue them for abuse, and he overdid it. Like all of these cases that we all take for granted mm. have a story behind them. And now because of all this propaganda, we have castrated police. I mean, anti-masculinity has dripped into the, the military, the police oh, yeah. force, the FDMY, the fire department. It's everywhere. It's like a, a plague. It's a virus that's infected our community. And now we have police lives in danger because they're so worried about being the next Derek Chauvin. Chauvin, I guess I'm supposed to pronounce it. Why are your kids still in those schools then, if you have to keep reteaching them everything? They're not. Uh, I don't talk, I can't talk about specifics okay. with my kids, but uh, yeah, they, they, we, we've taken action on that. Issue solved. You should have seen this reading list my son got uh, a couple years ago when he was in junior high. It was 19 books mm-hmm. and not one of them was a white male. And they were all genderqueer and a lot, tons and tons of books about the KKK and slavery with like a little black girl like this and a burning cross behind her. I did a video on it. You can, you can find it. And I talked to the superintendent of schools and I said, look, I'm not looking for, you know, white male paradise here. I don't want every book to be about white males. But out of 19 books, there should be one white male protagonist. Mm, equality, was, right? <laughs> what about Atticus Finch? Yeah, there it is. Or uh, what about the guy who signed Jackie Robinson? And I'm like, dude, a book about Jackie Robinson uh, is about Jackie Robinson, not the dude who signed him. And Atticus Finch, To Kill a Mockingbird, is about a little white girl learning that America's racist and often gets the wrong guy. So, no, those don't count. And you know what's crazy about all this? It's not like the kids read these books and go, oh, I guess there are tons of genders. And, oh, I guess we are horrible slave owners. And, oh, I guess everyone is bigoted and America's steeped in systemic racism. You know what they do? The kids, I meet, I know them. I see them. They sleep over in my house. They think books are gay. Mm. So instead of, it's like a participation trophy. You don't go, yay, I win too. You just go, yeah. oh, I don't want those. Everyone has one. So they they ruin trophies and they ruin books. None of my kids' friends read books. And I'm like, there's cool, edgy books there, out there. There's Jack Kerouac. There's Hunter S. Thompson. There's Confederacy of Dunces. There's Tibor Fisher. Read this book by Michelle Malkin. Who built that? Read this book by Glenn Beck, Miracles and Massacres. I could show you fun books. They could be edgy. There's swear words in them. Ooh. <laughs> forbid just, swear words. That's not how they see books anymore. When they think of a book, they think of some graphic novel about uh, some gay dude blowing his friend in junior high. And they're like, yeah, no thanks. Thanks, by the way, uh, lefties, for ruining an entire division of our culture. They ruined books. Um, what would you teach your sons um, that uh, masculinity is? Like, what, what is manhood? What, what does it mean to be a man? That's a good question, and it's, it's hard to articulate. But grit, mobility, bravery, loyalty, physical fitness, 
And being a handshake guy, being a man of your word, being honest and telling the truth and never stabbing anyone in the back, not taking advantage of situations if you have to trample someone else and being proud, you know, winning. I remember when my my youngest boy was was seven, he won, he won a tournament, a baseball tournament, the entire tournament. They were the champions of the league. And so all the dads are high-fiving. And there was a French dude there who just moved from France. And his son was terrible at baseball, not just because they were French. It just wasn't in – there's no testosterone in there. And you need some to play baseball. And I go, I go to high-five him. Jacques, we won. And he goes, I wouldn't want to be that guy. And he mm -hmm. points to the catcher of the other team who was crying. By the way, there's no crying in baseball. And he hit, that was his focus was that the other team was crying because they lost. And I'm like, I go, dude, you don't get America. You don't get it. We won. It's time to celebrate. And that's part of being a man is being unapologetic. And the finally, you can't cry. Now, mm -hmm. if you're watching a war movie, you can have one of these tears. But yeah. you never go, Aah! Ever, even if your parents die right in front of you, if your parents die and you're at the funeral, the most a man can cry is to go, oh, God, oh, <laughs> oh, God, that's a man. And that's like people are dead. Yeah. It's interesting because um, they all sound like very attractive qualities. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very um, open and very honest. And I think most women will say, oh, no, a men should be able to cry. Um, but I'm just going to be honest. Like, no, w like women, women don't like that. Women are lying when they say they are lying. See men fight. If a man is fighting, especially if he has a cigarette in his mouth, the whole fight, women are like gushing. Like they want to come over and make out. I, when I was dating my wife, I got in a fight and I noticed she was making out with me as I was pounding the guy in the face. It's, it's oh, a wow. very prime, especially American Indian women. They really seem to love violence, but it's a very primal thing. And we love women too. Like Tucker mm. Carlson was saying the other day, he goes, I've always, I'm a big fan of women. It's when, it's what we've done to them. I call them shit chests, you know, because you know, Tony Stark's the Iron Man. He's got that blue orb that keeps him alive. Uh -huh. So Tony Stark's is cool. He can fly around and save the day. And he, he has all these cool powers. Thanks to that thing. If you were to take that out and replace it with feces, He'd be a garbage person. He wouldn't be magic. He wouldn't. And this is what we've done with women. We've taken away their femininity, their innate fragility, their beauty, their, their oneness with nature, and their magical power where they can make babies. That's the blue orb. And we've taken it out and put shit there. They're shit chests. And they walk around going, oh, I'm tough. Yeah, I want to fight. Like you, you watch street fights now on, on the internet or even in real life, and you'll see these women jumping in. Fuck you, bitch. Like trying to beat up. And you're like, ladies, get out of here. Like Heather Heyer. She goes to Charlottesville to beat up Nazis in sweatpants and flip-flops. And you're like, if these guys are who you say they are, which is the people who are about to start World War III, you should at least have some like knee pads and helmets on and be practiced in the martial arts. But so th these women are trying to be men. They're trying to take over male characteristics and they suck. They suck at being men. And men suck at being women. Look at these trannies. They look like Mrs. Doubtfire. It's hilarious. I can't stop laughing. And they're like, someone laughed at me today. Why can't I pass? Because women make crappy men and men make crappy women. Stop trying to change it. You look like fools. 
What do you think? So what do you think came first? Um, I, and I speak to a lot of men and they do actually blame men um, because I think that like women have definitely become more masculine. And I feel like they've done that because men haven't um, been able to be men. Like I feel like femininity can flourish in a safe masculine space. Um, and so if, if men aren't being masculine, then women naturally will step up and will have to sort of fill that void. What do you think, which came first? Yeah, who started it? That's a good question. I think, you know, the 80s, we had our roles down. And when people say make America great again, they mean the 80s. Yeah. I mean, pit vipers and mullets and jet skis, Alex P. Keaton on family ties. That's what they're going for. Then in the 90s, we had this sort of anti-fashion thing, which I just got back from Paris and it's big over there now, being ugly and being lazy and looking like crap. Uh, women started wearing Doc Martin shoes and baggy pants and stupid shirts with like boy hairdos. And boys just had that sort of, I'm a creep, I'm a weirdo, shoegazing sweatshirt stuff where they became emasculated. And I think they were pretty simultaneous and they're both really bad for each other. But then <clears throat> around the 2000s, it went into overdrive. So we went from men being these shoegazing wimps like Radiohead dude and girls just being dumb ravers like Chloe Sevigny and kids to women wanting to be like Superman and men yeah. wanting to be raging queens like Jeffree Star doing makeup tutorials. So we really went into overdrive recently and it's, it's clown world. It is a clown world. So we spoke about the war on masculinity and how that's engineered because, you know, they don't like meritocracy. And obviously, you know, if you sort of, if you break down the men, then you can break down all of society because men are like the, the gatekeepers, they're the, 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 the guards, right? But would you say there's a war on um, women then? Like an orchestrated war on women? Oh, absolutely. There's a war on natural women, women who are not shit chests. I mean, look at, look at a housewife when she's meeting her friends. What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a housewife. That scene is like, you loser. Mm. We liberated you from the kitchen and you wandered back in there. We took off your hijab <laughs> and you went and put it back on. It's, meanwhile, I create life and then I shape those lives in a beautiful home. Like you're a god. That's why the Proud Boys, one of their tenets is venerate the housewife. I think there should be on Fox News when they have a panel, one of them should have a rolling pin and an apron on and she should be representing the housewives. I mean, they determine elections. They're the, they're the reason we've had Justin Trudeau for three terms. So they, I don't know why they're ignored as a political force, but they are a major part of Western culture, and it's it's frowned upon. Another thing, by the way, behind all this, there's a lot of daddy issues on the left, and that's why they hate Trump. For whatever reason, he represents the patriarch, the father. <clears throat> and that's why they're doing all this gay, tranny, drag queen stuff, because it's an F you to dad. And I think that might be somewhat justified because the baby boomers invented divorce around 1980. You didn't get divorced in the 70s. It wasn't done. And then it just became the norm from like the, the early 80s. And now we're at a 50% divorce rate. And it's not like these dummies trade in their old wife for a young girl. That's the stereotype in movies. But we've all seen what happens. They end up marrying someone pretty similar to their wife and throwing away fatherhood and the, the children resent that. And I think it's justified. I think the daddy issues are, are pathetic and embarrassing and a big part of leftist politics. But I also think they're right. You're right to have daddy issues if your dad started a new family. And now he's he's 50 years old with a baby and he never played catch with you. He's not even paying child support. 
He's basically a sperm donor. I understand you being pissed off. You should be pissed off. And men have some culpability there. The boomers created divorce. They ruined education. They made homes unaffordable. They did a lot of bad things. But the worst thing they did was turn their back on their family. That's unforgivable. And now with my generation, I look up all the guys I went to high school with. It seems like none of them are married with kids. And they're oh, wow. scared. They, they have PTSD. They, they're once burnt, twice shy, and they don't want to go near marriage because they saw it destroy their mom's life. It's really sad. Yeah, it, I think it, it's so sad. Um, and I, I, I see, I've watched a lot of your stuff um, and um, you trigger a lot of feminists. You say that women prefer to um, uh, not be working, um, which I find so interesting. So can you tell me more about that? Women don't belong in the workforce generally. There's a few exceptions. There's some you know, talented oncologist somewhere that's saving children's lives. And there's, there's the Maggie Thatchers of the world. But being, being at work is a male thing. It's aggressive. You're fighting every day. Like I box and when I'm at the gym, sparring with someone is not very different from work. When, when you're working, you're bidding on a contract. You're competing with other bidders. You're trying to tell the person that you're the best person for the job and you, you know, you're fighting for that. It's, it's uh, meetings are, are a fight, but you also have to temper the fighting with being loyal and honest and not being petty and vindictive. Mm which is what you do in sparring, right? You can't kick someone in the balls in the ring. It's, it's verboten. Mm -hmm. So that's all very male things. And you'll notice when women try to do that, they go, we're not making any money. Uh, we can't break, break the glass ceiling. Yeah. Cause you don't stay overnight. You don't, mm -hmm. you don't stay up all night. You don't think about your job Saturday at noon and text your coworker going, what if we hired a chef to make the lunch at the office we, everyone could donate and we'd save like 200 bucks a week if we were to do that, blah, blah, blah. Let's stop having the cleaners come in. They're not really cleaning much. We can do it every month. These little tiny things that end up, you know, culminating in major changes in a company. You know, here's an example. Women want to be directors. They don't want to work in sanitation, by the way, but they want equal representation yes. as directors. <laughs> Directing is a really hard job. You have to make sure you have both angles, both people talking. Um, you have to make sure you have the, the B roll. You have to make sure you have extra stuff to cut to. So you're keeping this inventory in your head while you're watching the scene. I think a lot of women just think, oh, it's like you're at a movie, but you're making it. No, <clears throat> you're, you're grocery shopping for food that you're going to make later. You need all of the ingredients on top of all of that, the creativity, st sticking to the script, getting all the shots. You have to also have the courage and the tenacity to go, you suck. You're fired. We got to start mm -hmm. again. Like with Back to the Future, they had Eric Stoltz, the dude from Mask. They shot for like a month. And eventually the director goes, this guy's not good. I want Michael J. Fox. So they fired him and they got Michael J. Fox. And it became one of the most successful movies of all time. Because he made big, bold moves. You have to tell everyone to shut up. Everyone, quiet on the set. Shut up. Th those just aren't female characteristics. So what do they do? They either become bad directors and they ruin companies. Or they do the jobs they do at home. Like I had lunch with Milo recently and we said... He's like, tell me, think of a job where women are actually talented at it and they, they thrive. Tell me about a job where a woman has a natural disposition to it and she thrives. And we sat there for like an hour and a half. Eventually we came up with real estate agent. I think that's it. But what does a real estate agent do? They do she does what a housewife does. Hi, welcome to my house. We just redid the kitchen. <laughs> 
oh, here's the living room. I just got that couch. Do you like it? I don't know if I like it. It's not that comfortable, but it looks good. And they take <laughs> a tour of the house. They sit there. They manage their boss's meetings. Oh, you have a meeting at four. They organize just like she would organize a family. They do the social media for a restaurant. Oh, I run this restaurant's Facebook. We do all social media. Yeah, that's what moms do. They post pictures of their kids camping. And when they go out on a trip, it's on Facebook. And they just end up being someone else's mommy and someone else's wife and sharing that love with someone else. That's how affairs happen, too. You end up falling in love with the guy and blowing him. So that women in the workforce has been a total abomination. And even... I'm sorry, but even sexual harassment. Like I've had, when I worked in an, I had an ad agency for a while and these, it's a lot of gays in advertising. And they'd be like, you know what? If you had fucked me or let me blow you, you could have had that contract. And I was like, well, I guess we won't be getting that contract then. I could have mm -hmm. a beer with that guy afterwards. Now a woman, that's major me too. That's that's Harvey Weinstein's in jail. Like that, yeah, that's no good. That's apocalyptic. If, if Ryan right now grabbed my penis or a gay dude grabbed my dick, I might punch him or I'd be like, dude, what the, are you out of your mind? What are you doing? But like a lawsuit and all of this stuff, it's just, they're just not cut out for fighting. And that's what, that's what the workforce is. It's fighting. It's so funny. Cause um, I actually like totally agree with you. Um, and I'm running this podcast. Um, well, what and are I'm you doing right now? You. We're gossiping. Like, yes, we're, I know. I agree with you. Uh, out on the, the, on the back porch right now gossiping over the fence i totally agree with you i think um i think you know in this world you know everybody needs to um you know survive and and make money in any way that they can um and because i am self-aware i love doing my podcast because i'm not married i'd love to be and i hope to be one day How very soon mid-20s okay so we gotta get serious now we gotta get serious no dating musicians no dating photographers no dating DJs. Uh, if if he doesn't seem like the right one in a few months, four months, then cut him loose. Agreed. Uh, you got to watch out for pot. Here's what I say to women your age: you don't you're not looking for a rich guy. You're looking for an ambitious guy. Yeah. Every if, if he's ambitious, everything else will fall into place. If he's up at 9 a.m. on a Monday, even when he's unemployed, you've got to keep her there. But if he's binging yeah, Netflix. You know what the problem is, but you know what the problem is nowadays. It's like not a lot of men are awake to all of this stuff, you know. So yeah. you have to find somebody who's not vaccinated, somebody who's um, you know awake to the reality of you know the war on men, the war on women, um, and that that's really difficult. Like I don't want to be, I don't want to be like red pilling my man. Like he's the one that's supposed to teach me and red pill me. So that's that's like my only issue is like I tend to be like smarter than most men that I meet. Well, you're that's in Miami. Issue. It's world famous as the stupidest city in the world. No, there's a lot of great people here to be honest. People it's always sure say are. that, but there's some great people. It's not known for its IQ. That, that's, that's true, that's true. But I don't think many places are these days. It's better than London. So I feel, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm in a good place. Yeah, it's more masculine than London, but it's definitely not as smart as London. <laughs> no, I know. You're right. So out of interest, what advice minute, wait, would you... Thing, yeah, I, I a lot of people, especially men, they just like dump a chick instantly on a dating site if she's, you know, pro-vax or something like that or hates Trump. I would say let politics... It's not the be-all and end-all. My wife's a liberal. She's a vegan. She voted for Hillary. Like, we get over those things. I basically red-pilled her now. It took me 20 years. But... um. You know, it's not like politics should define your entire existence. And I, I talk about my parents like my parents didn't know how their neighbors voted. Now, 
in the suburbs, there's entire enclaves that are right or left. You don't see a Trump sign in one lawn and a hey, there's no home here sign in the next lawn. That never happens. It's either there's American flags or there's, you know, love wins signs mm. in that entire area. And that's that's bizarre. I mean, your politics, I see politics as just math. It's like there's a series of problems with the way society runs. Here's my theory on how it could be fixed. How is that, you know, determining entire futures of couples? But I think it's different when you're a man, though. Like when you like, it's okay for you to, you know, spend 20 years red pilling your wife. Like imagine me spending 20 years red pilling my husband. Like that sounds like a miserable existence. Yeah, yeah, it does. You know what Maybe I mean? Maybe he's apolitical and he's just saying these things to get laid. No, but apolitical is bad as well. Cause you want a man that like stands for something and knows what the fuck is happening in this world. You know, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're in a weird spot. I mean, it wouldn't be hard in South Carolina or Tennessee or anywhere sort of north of florida south of the mason dixon line but florida should we'll be pretty see. good outside of miami a little bit no no it is like there's a lot of great people um and i meet a lot of great people through work as well so i'm like very privileged with you know the kind of circles that i'm in so no i'm i'm good i'm i, I feel like i'll be more than a yeah you're I'm pretty like you're hot if you wear heels three times a week you'll be you'll be you'll have to lock your door they'll be outside like beetles <laughs> Noted, noted. So what advice then would you give to um, young uh, young boys right now, um, given that there's a war on masculinity? All is fair in love and war. Lie, cheat, steal, whatever you have to do to get in her pants. And then once you're in her pants, stay in her pants and never leave. Even if you have to put Viagra in your wallet on the off chance you get so nervous you can't get it up, you need to perform and just don't stop talking. Talking, laughing, fucking. That's the secret to getting chicks. And then I would say, you know, you've been with her for like almost a year. What are you waiting for? I always say to guys that have that been with someone for like three years and not proposed, I go, what do you want? Her, but with bigger tits? Like, what are you waiting for? Put a ring on it, pussy. And then when you put a ring on it, start breeding like rabbits. Oh, I can't afford it right now. No, it does. Kids are free. You don't have to go on vacation every year. You don't need three cars. You already have a roof over your head, right? Now you just got to buy more groceries. Like all this waiting for money is so stupid. You think our parents had money? You think our grandparents had any money when they had kids? A kid can sleep in the in a bassinet in the in your room until she's like two or three or four. Like just get on it. And I, I also say to these young people, and this is part of a, the theme of my book, Death of Cool. I say, okay, you you got wasted. You stole from your parents' liquor cabinet when you were fourteen, right? You're twenty four now. That's a decade of decadence of cocaine and threesomes and and pot and puking your guts out because you chugged uh, fireball. Are you have you not sown your wild oats yet? Ten years isn't cutting it. Like the Stones didn't give her for ten years. Motley Crue really just had ten main years. Metallica, so their their peak was of partying was ten years. Now they're all sober, dude. Grow up. I hear you. I hear you. Out of interest, um, out of interest, what do you think about, um, I mean, you're married and it sounds like everything's going great, but, um, you know, obviously Andrew Tate is just being canceled and a lot of those men, you know, talk about being these super masculine high value men that will never settle. They'll always have multiple women because they can. What's your take on that? Well, just like, try to be as ugly as I am and you won't have opportunities. <laughs> men are, men tend, the modern man tends to be as loyal as his opportunities. 
But and yes. I, I, I was Johnny Knoxville, and they were banging on my door every day. I don't think I'd be able to refuse fellatio twenty four hours a day, especially if I was drunk. But it doesn't really come up. And plus, when you're married, <clears throat> you don't really give off the vibe mm. that you're open for business. And I, I think I think women are the same way. When they're in a committed relationship, a man can sort of smell that there's no chance. But you know. <clears throat> The Andrew Tate idea of living that Johnny Knoxville life and just getting laid all the time uh, is gay. Oh, really? That's a gay lifestyle. Banging women, three women a day, and then three women the next day and not knowing their names, that's a homosexual lifestyle. That's not very hetero. A heterosexual man loves a woman and stands by her and wants to get deeper and deeper into the relationship. Just banging random people, that's what homosexuals do. You're a queer if you bang lots of chicks. <laughs> that's, way, uh, that's Andrew Tate, the reason that he was really canceled is young people, uh, young boys started quoting him. And that scared the shit out of these fat leftist Marxist teachers because they'd hear the quote. But the reason that those young boys were quoting Andrew Tate is because you bitches, not you, but the teachers, okay. <laughs> are telling them that they suck, that that boys are evil, that, you know, they, they abandoned the term boys will be boys and boys are punished more in school and, and they're dumber and they're, they have to go, if, if they're too rambunctious, they have to go take Adderall or, or um, uh, what's the other one there? Uh, because they have ADHD. Yeah. <clears throat> Ritalin. So they're being medicated out of their masculinity. So they felt so bad about themselves that when Andrew came along and said, no, you're actually good. They were happy to hear that. So the boys that were promoting the, the 10, 12 year old boys that were promoting Andrew Tate were actually reacting to all the anti-male propaganda they were getting in class. Oh, I totally agree with you. I think that's perfectly said. It's so funny because um, people, um, they, they talk about how dangerous Andrew is for the children. Yet, like you mentioned, they're there like castrating children, you know, taking off girls' breasts, giving them all these hormones and awful things like that. Um, when you have well, it's, like- it's They're medicating boyhood out of them if you're in a public school now and you're do, being doing normal stuff sitting on your hands playing with a pen you know young boys as testosterone begins they're always grabbing shit and looking at stuff and doodling and looking around there i mean they're sort of built for war yeah and generations ago these guys were using that testosterone to stab their enemies with a spear and take over another parcel of land so they're ready for war biologically and the teacher goes oh he's got a problem he's rambunctious and then they say to the mom we're gonna have to dock him because he can't sit still in class and he's going to get a D. Oh, is there any way around this? Well, if he gets diagnosed with ADHD, then we can't dock him because it's a medical condition. Oh, okay. How do I do that? Well, you go to this psychiatrist and that psychiatrist is in, is in bed with the school. He gets the kickbacks. So they go to the doctor. He says, yes, he has ADHD. Oh, good. Now my son can have B's and C's instead of D's. Yeah, but we got to medicate him. So now they, he's on speed. Adderall, if you look at the bottle, it says amphetamine sulfate. It's meth. So your kid has to become a speed addict or I'm going to flunk him out of school. That's how they treat masculinity in boys now. They medicate it out of them. I mean, talk about demonic so and depraved. We're, we're like back to the Aztecs now. We're sacrificing children to the woke gods. From like a selfish standpoint, just because we were talking about dating earlier, like it actually upsets me like as a woman, because like, you know, there are so many women that want these masculine men. And like you said, they're just being ruined from childhood. Yeah. The masculinity medicated out of them. And it upsets me from a selfish standpoint, but also, um, but also, uh, yeah, I, I just, I think it's awful. Well, and, the good and news also, is though, yeah. 
that biological seed is still there. The testosterone still exists. That's why the Proud Boys exploded. We started it as a silly podcast club uh, in New York City with 20 guys, made up random rules that I got from high school. In high school, if you farted or burped and didn't say safety, then someone would call slug. The game's called safety slug. And you get to beat the shit out of the guy till he can name five breakfast cereals. So in some parts of the space, the guy has to touch a doorknob uh, to stop the beating. So we pulled that in, silly rules like that, and just pop, 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 pop. Like there's Proud Boys Tokyo. There's Proud Boys in Africa. In Tel Aviv, there's a chapter. It's all over the world because I didn't run around promoting it. I didn't go on a world tour handing out pamphlets. It happened organically because the seed was there. And men go, yeah. I love hanging out with the guys once a month and being with like-minded people and having these rituals that are secretive and the secret handshake and all that stuff. It's fun. It's funny. Totally agree with you. Um, and I hope one day and I hope very soon we can, we can sort of go back to basics, you know, women can be women and men can be men. Um, since you've been deplatformed on so many platforms, how can people follow you, follow your work, um, you know, and keep up with everything that you're saying? So I'm on Getter you know, G-E-T-T-R. I'm on yep. Gab. I'm on Telegram. But every day I do a show here at Censored.TV in the South Bronx, and we discuss the news in a kooky, comical way, and we make fun of everyone, especially the left. Perfect. Well, Gavin, I want to thank you so much for your time. Um, thank you for being uncensored, literally. Um, <laughs> I really appreciate this. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you. Yes. Oh, yeah. Sorry. We have a live show coming up in Chicago and in New York. Go to tinyurl.com, censored live, and you can get tickets there. We've got a meet and greet option too, where we hang out after the show. Perfect, guys. Make sure you follow Gavin on Getter and you check out all of that information. We need to make men men again and women 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 again. So I like it all. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe button and the like button. And Gavin, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. See you all next week. Bye. The Leia Heilpan Show.